0: I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us
1: each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any
0: stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business. Marketing and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey guys,
1: welcome back to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers. This is Lindsay, and I'm here with Shannon today
0: Hi. in my new Hi. office.
1: I'm in my new office. <laughs> I know office. it looks so different.
0: I'm not sure if I like it or not. I do. Now, it it's needs just, a little. Usually I can paint. see Hadley. Yeah, she's it's not here white. at the
1: moment. She was here. It's very white. It Does need some paint and the few house plants. I um, yeah, I I and I'm it's working right now. This was our 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 test. Yeah. I was worried about the uh, the internet issue down here, so I think we're so good so, so far, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got I moved my office because one of the things that I found is that I was just spending too much time in my house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we have this office space, and I moved yesterday. I was like, this was my Sunday activity. I went down, I moved everything, got my desk oh, set fun. up. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, now I need to go to like Home Goods somewhere and like de- oh, yeah, now you do. decorate, <laughs> get everything moved around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. It's a change of pace. Yeah. And I did feel like I was going to work today, I, like have air. Force, yes. But um, yeah. I just had a hard time kind of focusing. Um, in the in the house a little bit so getting yeah. a little more structure. I
0: think, I think that'll be good for you. I, I think yeah. it will. I'm all, I think like, I'm so always just hiding hiding from my children. So I wish I, I need <laughs> I kind of have like my little she shed out yeah. there. But for whatever reason it I don't know it gets all internet gets all weird out there sometimes. So I'm always stuck in here with the dogs. <laughs> 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 Driving me nuts. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Dahlia dig, are mm-hmm. you How's it going? <laughs> yes, I'm trying to find the joy in the dirtier part of the job. Actually, really, it's not that bad. It's 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 nice. We're like I would say, maybe two thirds of the way done, and we're spending like a couple like rainy days here hosing off. So we're just like literally like standing there in wetsuits. It's like deadliest catch, but <laughs> but with tubers. Yeah, <laughs> we me? have like these Carhartt suits.
1: We um we don't wash ours
0: until spring. What? Yeah. We do it differently. So clay. It's just yeah. like if if I did not wash it, it like literally they'll like pull up in a just a hunk of clay dirt. So we do man, if I could find a way to not wash them. I mean it's like a it's a full time job doing it. It's mm. a dirty job. It is we yeah. had we our well's been kicking on and off. So we had these well guys come. And I swear every time they come to the farm, they're always like, what, what, what universe have I stepped into? <laughs> they're always like, people out me. there washing potatoes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like, oh, me and Maddie and Rachel, my two, the two of the employees, and they're just like looking at us like, what on earth are you guys doing? I'm like, sorry about the outfit, you know, because we're like soaking wet. I'm like a drowned rat. I don't know. Rachel always oh looks cute no matter what she does. But I'm like always scary, scaring everybody. <laughs> We've, uh, well, I mean, I hate to rub it in, but
1: we're done digging. Um, oh, we grow, we do grow a lot less, but like anytime the girls would complain, I'm like, you know, it yeah. could be worse. You could be working for <laughs> Shannon. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: true. That's, that's true. Honestly, though, like the next two weeks are still looking nice. So you know what? We're gonna get it done. We're down like a few employees where we probably should be even at this point to help out with all this. But my girls are they're they're doing good. They're they're trucking along, and we're we're getting it done one row at a time. So yeah, we're getting there. That's good. Slowly, yes, yeah. It's good. It's good.
1: Yeah, I actually feel it's funny. Like we're so ahead of schedule right now. It feels Mm -hmm. like I feel uneasy about it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm just like yeah. looking out, like everything's cover cropped. And I'm like, really, Amazing. Lindsay, like being ahead makes you feel anxious. You need to look at that. Yeah, really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. But- I mean, by the time we get done with dahlias, we'll be like rushing to plant tulips and then rushing to do Christmas wreaths And I I, there's just not much of an off season anymore, you know, the way there used to be, which is good. I mean, that's good. Mm-hmm. I, I want, I want this to be a business that's I'm like air quoting year round because you know, we go basically from like working like seven AM to five during the summer. And then our, you know, we're like, yeah, pretty much nine to three, nine to four now. So it's nice. It's Mm -hmm. just not as hardcore as it usually is.
1: Yeah. So I'll take it. For sure. That's how I know. I know. And now that I'm going to work. I like walked down the hill yes. with my dog, my coffee this morning. I was like, oh, I, I, I'm like, I guess I don't have to pack a lunch. I thought about maybe packing oh, a lunch. Really? I'm like, it's literally 300 yards. I can see my house oh. right now. I can see it. So, But it's fun. Oh, it feels way more official. Really I know. Could. Yes. I needed it. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So today we're doing uh-huh. a um, uh-huh. another spill the dirt uh, episode. Yep. And so- did you, you, did you notice that I did one on Saturday when I had COVID? It was, I said, you know, we always do spill the dirt on Sundays and yeah. I did it on a Saturday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then I was Bless like, hey, you have
0: COVID, Lindsay? Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I,
1: I, yeah. I, um. but everybody was so sweet. They were like, we weren't gonna Cause I wrote like, when was somebody going to tell me? that that it was Saturday and not Sunday. And they were like, oh, we just, you're sick. You know, everybody was so sweet. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was delirium. What day is it? (laughs) I was just like painting watercolor in my house. My mom's like, normal people watch Netflix, Lindsay. (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh. But yeah, so we're doing, um, today we're doing a spill the dirt episode. And uh, we're going to probably do some more focused chats on the Spill the Dirt, like the, mm-hmm. this past week I put out about uh, bookkeeping um, to kind of yes. prime up an upcoming episode we have on mm-hmm. taxes.
0: Woo. Woo. End of year. Fun. Very important though.
1: Very mm-hmm. important. It is very important. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But today um, today we're going to jump in. So if you haven't, if you're new to the podcast, uh, you can go back. The Spill the Dirt episodes are just kind of Anything. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. pop in a question, anything that's on your mind. Sometimes it's relevant to the season about a specific crop, sometimes it's just about life or inspiration, business, anything. Um, we just kind of cluster them on these episodes. And a lot of them, some of them are kind of teaser questions. We actually have a couple of those mm-hmm. today where we were we're definitely going to be talking more about some of these topics uh later on in like an actual full episode dedicated to those. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah. All right, you want to jump that's in? Exciting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, question number one from Good Fight Flowers. How do you decide what flowers to grow? Uh, okay. That's a very good question. Um, and I would say, I mean, when we first started, I, and I'm assuming that that's kind of the stage that you're in because um, I, we just grew what a few things well. And then grew from there. So that was kind of our thing. Cause I think you can get very lost in like all the newest varieties and um, doing maybe like a little bit more fussy crops. And then you're, and then it's not turning out the way that you want to. And it's get feeling like a little defeating. I know that that's how it felt for me. A lot of times I'd be like, well, how is everybody growing this? And not, and I can't even get it to germinate, you know? And, and re- in reality, those people were on like chapter. 25 of their flower farming journeys, and I'm just like on my chapter one. So, um, when we first started, we did dahlias, zinnias, and sunflowers, and that was like literally all that we could handle with our little kids. And then every year we added one more thing. So the following year it was ranunculus and anemones, and then the next year it was lysianthus, and then we got really good at those things. So, um, and Lindsay will talk definitely talk a little bit about this, but it also depends on who you're selling it to. Um, Mm -hmm. so for me, our, what flowers go to our grocery stores are literally the same every single week for the most part. They're the ones that can last the longest, you know, like I'm just marigolds, celosia, sunflowers. I don't even put like zinnias or anything in our, in our grocery bouquets. So, um, so I think it depends on what you're doing. And like, if you're doing weddings, that's going to be a different kind of flowers to grow, um, with its own palette. Um, so I think you can go a lot of different ways, but I would first allow your market to determine what to give you a direction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, sw- I just to piggyback on that, that's your target market. For me, my target market drives what flowers I grow. Um, and also mm-hmm. my personal preference on what, I mm-hmm. what, grows, you know, what I grow is just sort of like what I like. Um, And I don't like fussy flowers. If it Mm -hmm. requires double netting or whatever, you know, the thing may be, I don't, I'm not going to grow it. Um, If it's super high maintenance, it needs to be tough to be on our farm. And so, um, but, you know, knowing that you have to grow it, right? Like there's certain, you can get feedback from some people, you know, somebody might love scabiosa, I'm not one. I'm not one of them. Um, Yeah, it just doesn't move for us. And you know, I look at, uh, especially in our high tunnels. You know, this time Mm -hmm. of year, every square inch is planted. Um, We Mm -hmm. have skinny walkways to accommodate that. So I look at those spots and any row, really, on our farm as real estate. And so, you know, I'm looking at it from you know most money that I can get out of a crop and uh lisianthus is one that you know we mm-hmm. definitely prioritize um mm-hmm. you know s- space in the summer for our high tunnels because it has great great vase life it gets we get a second flush in it you know on it and now we're selling lisianthus with our mums like it's just mm-hmm. a really great crop um
0: I'll never not grow mums this is my first year I know. I'm so glad that they're working out. When the Lysianthus and the Mums happen together, it's beautiful. It's and we have beautiful. snaps.
1: We have snaps oh, too. We really? did like a late plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got the snaps good. on a schedule. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. They're just so pretty. Um, and our customers keep saying like every week at market, they're like, "Yeah, you're still here? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody called us hardcore, which was like the biggest oh, compliment. We I was like, it.
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. I think that there's like a lot of money to be made in those peripheral seasons though. It's like, even for me, like even if I just go three, if it gets me like three more weeks, I feel like those weeks are like crazy profitable because it's like people are feeling the urge to like buy things before it gets too cold to experience your flowers anymore. So I feel mm-hmm. like more people are buying. It's just like a really like very like small window, but it's super profitable here on our farm at least. So mm-hmm. um Yeah. No fussy flowers allowed. allowed. No fussy flowers. I said this. I said
1: I don't do high maintenance flowers. I don't do high maintenance (laughs) friends. So (laughs) you know, you I don't. I don't do it. Um, But yeah. So you know, I guess target market. I would say it'd be what drives it. Just to kind of hone in your focus on that. Um, And you just you know if you if you're early stages and you got to just you know try a few things, just try a Mm -hmm. few. um, Yeah. recommendations in your zone. I mean, there's definitely some easy stuff to start with, but yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're making mixed bouquets, just make sure you have each each part of the bouquet. You know, you, it, it's all trial and error and there's just like no like magic bullet. There's no secret recipe. There's no you, you just really have to have to do it and figure out what your customers love, what you love growing and then where those two meet. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do question number two.
1: Is uh, Williams Lisa three one three? It says, as a new farmer, how do you decide how much to grow of each flower? And uh, we had a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of questions on crop planning, and so this Mm -hmm. is going to be something that uh, probably a January episode. It's on our calendar, I think, for Mm -hmm. January to talk about really more about specific to crop planning Um, because it, it is kind of a That's a big question to answer, I guess, um, with just a quick, without doing a full episode on it, but Mm -hmm. how to decide how much to grow of each flower. Um, I, I was not great at this in the early Mm -hmm. years. I, sunflowers, I never had enough of them. I couldn't really Mm -hmm. get them, um, on a schedule. I was not Mm -hmm. scheduled with them, you know, where I had them every week. Uh, so, I guess I would say is going back to like who your target market is and um, it is kind of a trial by fire. Oh, yeah. I know what I was going to say with this. I'm like rambling here. Um, it was to have good records. Start with good yes. records. So let's say <laughs> that. Um it's kind of a hard, especially your first year, let's say you're year yeah. one. It is really hard. That's a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. So I would say growing, you know, what space you have available, you know, starting, starting small is always best. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order to decide how much of something to grow for the next year and even tying into what flowers to grow having good records is super helpful Mm -hmm. because you'll know harvest lists. So everything that comes out of the field, you know, we, I, you guys track Mm -hmm. that too, right? Shan, you do your, Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So we have harvest um, lists and something that I've mentioned on here before that I'm a huge like promoter of is the shrink sheets. And so what we track Mm -hmm. with those is everything that is Waste. And so it helps me to decide that's a huge part of my crop plan going into next season. I look at those two records of like, what did I pitch? What did we grow and actually harvest out of the field? And that's what helps me to decide like, did I grow the right amount of this? Do I have too much of this? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's how I've realized that Scabiosa and I are just not friends. It's beautiful. I absolutely (laughs) love it. Um, But I don't do enough. You know of the wedding work, and we have plenty of other things. Um, yeah, I, I know you're not a Cosmos fan, but I am. I hate uh, that Cosmos. I know you do. <laughs> oh. So they, uh, so we'll we'll grow something like that. That's more in the airy side. If we're going to do that for, yeah. um, and we don't grow it in our production fields. We grow those in the U pick, and I go in and rob the U pick. Uh, mm-hmm. for that. So, I don't know. I I would, I would say that's just, you know, start with good record keeping. That helps you to make educated decisions on
0: what to grow and how much to grow. Yeah. I think when we first started, I would be like, okay, and I think you can like make yourself a little bit of a template because I was like, okay, if I for step number 1 is standardize how long your rows are. To me, that will help you in crop planning, which then you can say, okay, for every 100 foot row, if the spacing six by six, it's equals this many plants. This many plants. Let's just say. I don't know let's just use snapdragons let's say that I you know look and you can find a lot of this stuff out on the internet approximately how many stems are you getting off a single snapdragon plant you input that number into your spreadsheet or however you're tracking it you're like okay so this bed would give me x number of stems well how many bouquets am I going to do Well, each bouquet is going to need two stems and then you kind of that's how like I originally started and then from there, what you do is you be you write your feelings down. So I was always be like, holy, holy shit, we really could have used more of X, or I really, I really needed more purple during this time of year. Or for me, like I love, I really do like growing Dara, um, which is like that purpley like Ami. Um, but it's like never the right color palette when I grow it. It's like just just it's not vibing. So like, I'll always make notes like, Hey, we could have used more marigold or "Wow, we ha- didn't have enough marigolds. So then next year I'll go back to those notes and be like, okay, so I know that I grew, I don't know, let's just say five trays of 128s um, last year. And I didn't feel like that was enough on the second succession. So now I'm going to up that. And then I just think you like build upon your data. And every year it's like a new experiment about how much you're gonna have. And it's hard, you know? So even for me, if I'm trying to fill your 100 foot bed, I will say, okay, like I'm just making numbers up now. But let's say that's 500 plants. Um, I will like multiply that by like 25 to 30% and overseed that much because I feel like I'm going to kill it. It's not going to germinate all of the variable things that can happen to help make sure that the original plan based on that 100% is still going to happen. Because what happens is uh, the more your business runs, the more um, commitments you have. You have a CSA. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really need these flowers. So I would always over by like 25 to 30% to make sure that that I, you know, that I really account for all of those things happening that are out of our control. And farming, I feel like that's a really big portion of what we do is like mitigating all the risks. And that's how I do it. Um, So I'd rather have a little bit extra than not enough. Um, And I want my problem to be how to sell this instead of not having enough to sell. Um, Mm -hmm. so that's how I would kind of start at a base level, really start standardizing your numbers. And you're going to start knowing those things by heart. Like I know six by six inch spacing, it's this many plants that when, if you're ordering plugs, that'll make that easier. Take a lot of the guesswork out of it and just make yourself a template that you're referencing all the time about your spacing and then really keep your good, your good records. So record keeping your Mm -hmm. harvest what you loved or you hated or, you know, whatever the case or, oh, wow, my customers like whenever there was yellow marigolds, they never bought the, the bouquet for whatever reason. So, okay, we're nixing yellow marigolds and upping the orange or whatever. So, um, I think it's a combination of, of, of those couple of things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, that's when I cut out Roseanne, Oh yeah. like the Roseanne Brown. <laughs> yeah. Because- yeah. It's literally, the, I love it. My customers yes, did do. not. Yeah, It's great for wedding work, but it never bloomed. It's in July. Yes. Nobody is doing this. I need this color in October yes. and it's not blooming in October. Yes. Um, so that was how, you know, that was how I, I just was like, I don't want to grow it. It's expensive. Yes. That variety is expensive. I'd rather have something else, you know, yes. that I can put into a mixed bouquet. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah. that's Solid advice Shannon
0: okay okay um, all right uh, so from freckled bloom flower how do you deal with other farmers um, undercutting your prices? It's a good one That is a good one um, is this
1: is this <gasps> am I allowed to say is this Pete? <laughs> so well here listen freckled bloom. You can private message me, okay, on Instagram, and I'll tell you what I think you should do. Um, (laughs) Have you ever heard of Tanya Harding? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We're going to go from clean. We're going to have to change this episode to explicit. Yeah, really. Explicit. Yeah. Um, No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm joking. It's nothing. Oh, I do have – do you know um, Bloom Chick Flower Company – Yes, I recognize the name. Okay, she does like a ton of tulips. <laughs> I messaged her, like her and I have like chatted on Instagram, and she, um, I, she, she was going to go to the ASCFG conference, I think, and I said oh, to fine. her in a comment, like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm going to like Tanya Harding style t- tackle you or something." Which is, she didn't get <laughs> tackled; she hit her with a bat, I believe. Um, oh so, so in the knee, Lindsay. I know it's just a joke. It was a joke. Like I was just like going to be so excited to see her to yes. which she replied something like, holy shit, man, I didn't know we were taking it this far. And um, I made the comment. Oh, and then like three months later, I got a notification from Instagram that they took down my comment for inappropriate. <laughs> they did. Oh, and so I screenshotted it. I sent it to her and I'm like, they took it down. Like Oh my god. I said I was excited to meet her, you know? Yes, I don't know. That it was just so a funny. joke. It was a joke. <laughs> so, I've been, I was like, <gasps> oh my god, oh, that's fine. Yeah. I did feel like I got in trouble.
0: <laughs> so, okay, anyway, all seriousness. Um, okay, un- undercutters. Um, mm-hmm. we would be naive to think that that wasn't always going to happen. Um, and Whoever it is that you have in your sights and you're angry with about undercutting, there's like 20 people behind them waiting to be the next undercutter. So I think trying to refocus any attention that you're giving that person about undercutting back into your own business um, and to put towards really making yourself shine. And let's just say you're at a market and you're right next to the undercutter or they're like down the road um i would be like how can i make my my flower canopy area my presentation just so beautiful and overwhelming that they would naturally come pick me and feel like they're getting a better product um, based on just the experience that they're gonna have with me. in my opinion, I, I think experience is is why people continue to come to pe- to to vendors and stuff that they like, especially at markets. So there's always gonna be those people, and those people are eventually gonna find out that they're working for not that much profit and they're either gonna, you know, raise their prices to where everyone else is or they're gonna, you know, just mm-hmm. do themselves in. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of feel like those people kind of weed themselves out. Yeah. So I try not to give it too much attention.
1: I have thought so much about what Lori said about putting blinders on. And I think that is super solid advice, whether you're talking about comparison trap on Instagram, if you're talking about, you know, an undercutting, you know, somebody else at a market who's cutting a price. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't really pay. I can't tell you anybody else that sells at our farmer's market what their prices are. I really yeah. don't know because... Yeah. We're there to, you know, I know what we have to sell it for for our own business. Mm-hmm. And I think that not paying attention to it um, is helpful to, to me because it doesn't give me energy. It doesn't motivate yeah. me to focus on like the frustration of like, ah, well, they're, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, because they might. Be, they may not even know. I honestly, truly think two things. Mm-hmm. I think one is just not knowing early in business, yeah. not knowing what to charge. Um, I, you know, sometimes it's a vegetable farmer or a berry farmer that has like a yes. value-added crop, which they're not yeah. harvesting it at the right stage anyway. So yeah. I always think the customer is going to come back because they've had a much better experience with us. Our flowers mm-hmm. lasted longer because we are putting our sole focus is on. Growing flowers and growing Mm. what we do well. And, um, you know, I think it's a confidence issue, is the second Mm. thing. I think sometimes people are coming from a very insecure place, like, oh, I don't know, or they're nervous to charge too much. Um, I was just working on a presentation that I'm giving for a talk on workshops today. And one of the things I wrote out was, you know, like not undercutting your price just to sell tickets. Mm. And, because it does devalue you. And I think, um, you know, so if you're not going to throat chop them right off the block, you need to put your blinders on. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, really, like you said, Shannon, just focusing on yourself and taking that back, having the best presentation and focus on customer service. And Mm -hmm. the reality is that there is so much room out there, Right. Mm-hmm. It's like scarcity versus abundance mindset, which sounds all woo-woo, but it really helps refocus you back to your own business and yourself. Because, you know, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the quote, but there was something one time that said, like, if you're not like basically if you're not present and you're thinking about somebody else or something else that's irritating you, it's like they have your time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're thinking about the undercutting and and all of those, it's like. Like you said, they're going to kind of weed themselves out, and yeah. there's going to be ten more people, you know, behind them trying yeah. to kind of figure it out. Um, and if they do stick around and they raise mm-hmm. their prices, um, or they don't raise their prices, you still do you, you know, yeah. um, you'll still have a successful business regardless of whether somebody somebody's always going to be more expensive and somebody's yeah. always going to be cheaper. Yes, always.
0: Yeah, and if you're listening to this, being like. I, I think I might be the undercutter, which could, which could be true. And I I, I I agree with Lindsay. It's not malicious. Um, I really do think it comes from like a confidence level thing. I, I would just encourage you um, to – I really do – I really to and I, this has taken time, but um, like really trying to value community over competition. So if there's like another grower who's like more expensive than you – or doing things differently or something you admire, I'd encourage you to go just to go have a conversation with them. And they'll probably be honest and be like, well, it has to be this because these are all my inputs and everyone has their own price that they have to make. All the, all the inputs change depending on your infrastructure, how much you need to make in your business. And if it makes sense for you to charge cheaper, um, then fine. But I certainly would not want to be the cheapest. Um and you know I know we kind of talked about this but like cheap attracts cheap um and cheap customers are like literally the most draining humans in history so um I think that if you are sitting there thinking like if I think I'm the under undercutter um first of all like don't beat yourself up we're all trying to do our best but I would really Start asking myself the questions like, what am I attracting here? Because I know – I think – yeah, we talked about this, Lindsay, when we have like their – sometimes we'll run two for Tuesdays for Mm -hmm. sunflowers. And those days, I mean, they do – we do great. But the – I mean, it's like the only time of the year I ever get a complaint about something that was practically free. So I'm like, this is like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So um, I really do think I would – from a confidence level, be really proud of, of your business. And I would try to be on par with what other flower growers are growing. And then, um, and I, I think, right, Lindsay? I don't know. It's it's, weird. it's hard to talk about, but um, mm-hmm. I definitely would not want to be the cheapest. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be like the most expensive out of everyone by far, but I feel like we can all be in a range um, yeah. Right? And I
1: think, yeah,
0: yeah there
1: were a, there were a couple growers I know at our market. There was one grower specifically that just, um, you know, you can't go in and price fix. Like you can't say, hey, yeah. you know, we're all going to charge this, right. this amount. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had, um, they asked, they said, you know, are we on track with this? And, and yes. the um, president of the market was like, you know, I really think you could get more for those. And they just really, Um, I don't even, it was a little, it was one of the Amish girls. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't even think it was flowers. It was something that she was selling. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like, you know, kind of helping, but she, she said, she asked, you know, am I on track with this? Am I not? So yeah, have a conversation with another grower. Um, Mm -hmm. Because wouldn't it be great to be at a market and you sell out or you're out of Lysianthus or whatever it is and say, you know what? So-and-so down down yes. their booth, whatever has them. Um, mm-hmm. and that sense of community, you know, is much, much better than mm-hmm. the original solution that I gave you. <laughs> it's better than crutches. I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's just a joke. So, um, but yeah, yeah. no, I, th- I think it is, it's a hard pro it's I, every yeah. single farmer, I think, and, and I do think that it's fear, that comes in, you know, like I I, I've had it, like I've, there's been other people that come in and, you know, there's somebody selling a very similar product, very close to me, you know, and I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, you know, is this going to affect? And it's like, no lens, your customers are,
0: it it
1: does not, it really does not. And the more attention that I give that, the less attention I'm giving myself in the business. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, moving on. All right. right, So question number four. So our last question is white walnut flowers. And it is how do I get more people to join my CSA? I live in a heavily populated area and I'm struggling to grow my CSA. And we've had several people kind of ask Mm -hmm. about this in different contexts. Um, Gosh. So I would say, um, you know, one of one is time. Um, for sure, mm-hmm. it does take time to kind of grow those yeah. things, which is a super annoying answer. But um, also getting in front of the groups that are your target market. I mm-hmm. I've said this before that I do think in some ways, like Shannon, your market versus mine, I mm-hmm. I would find more difficult to be honest because I am from here. I'm in a smaller community. They talk about everything. Word travels sure. fast. <laughs> um, so you know, and it's like. So, I already have sort of like an established presence in the horticulture agriculture community to begin with. And so, um, but one thing I do that I think it translates to any industry or any location that you're in is like garden clubs. Do you know how many Mm -hmm. free garden talks I did? So many. Um, you know, getting, um, getting in front of uh, mom's groups. Like, so if you have children, you know, talking to the teachers, giving, you know, going into the places that you already are established and selling to and make those connections and talk to people about them. Um, you know, when Mm -hmm. I started growing my CSA, one of the things I just, every customer we talked to at farmer's market and that loved our flowers was like, Hey, this is such a great gift idea. You should think about this. Um, and Mm -hmm. it really became like my focus on growing. And so until like, you know, the last two years, we've switched our focus to growing our UPIC and the agritourism side of our farm. Um, and so now it's like, hey, have you been to the farm? You know, like that sort of has shifted our yeah. conversation. Um, but really, um, you know, I I created a little uh, little flyer, basically, that said, you know, it was about our CSA. Uh, I think my, one of my biggest hurdles was just explaining what that even is. I know yes. we've talked about that yeah. in our CSA, on our CSA episode. episode, we talked about. Yeah. But that, yeah, I would say just getting, making it your forefront of your priority of what you're mm-hmm. talking about, and then if you have your existing subscription customers, um, which you know we always make it a big launch. You do the same too, Shannon. Yes. right? You launch yeah. yours.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. But oh, yeah, I don't know. Awesome. I would say that just getting out in front of the type of market that, you know, you want to attract to getting out in front of those people. And it, does, it takes courage yeah. to do it. I mean, it yeah. does, it feels uncomfortable because you it yeah. is self-promotion a hundred percent, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know.
0: That's yeah. my two cents. No, I, I like, I, I 100% agree. I agree with that. And I feel like even with the CSA, even if you, start a little bit small. And we do talk about this pretty in depth in the CSA episode. Um, But I think it's not always about how do I get more, more, more. I would also encourage you to focus on retaining the ones that you have Um, and really treating them like, you know, star, you know, really like your star customers. Because um, for me, I feel like it, it's it really is a big deal that people invest in us in the off season. Sometimes when people buy um, our CSA for Christmas, they're not even seeing a flower from us for like six months. So it is it is a commitment. It's like a little bit of a leap of faith. So we do a few things. Um, We like try to have some like little extra bonuses. Like if you're a CSA member, you get a free photography session in the field. Um, So we try to do some things to kind of attract people, but I would, I would encourage you not to always focus on how do I grow, grow, grow more, but also it's a combination of retaining the ones that you have and continuing to grow. And I think um, for us, when we if you are going to have a pickup location, that was huge for us. Like I really saw ours kind of like skyrocket because our flowers were so visible at those pickup locations. People were like, "Oh, where are those from?" And then we gave like a little flyer at those locations that they could hand it, and that sent people our way. So um, I feel like eighty, at least eighty percent of the people who are buying a CSA, someone else bought bought it for them. So I really do try to encourage like holiday time. This is a great gift for the, the person who I would really think about like the words that you're using to describe what it is, because I, that's something like I'm really um, I'm trying to tap into this year. Like how do how do my customers explain it to, uh, to other customers if they're selling it? I'm trying to like use their language. So for us, it's like, well, my husband got it for me because I just have everything. If I have something, I just go out and get it. And I really do feel like because they're like flowers are, I'm air quoting like a luxury item that it really is a really cool gift. So I think I'm going to use more of this gifting language when I'm selling my CSA because the majority of people are getting it as a gift. And then Mm -hmm. a lot of them are like, oh, my gosh, that was so fun. I love it. They're like the most excited, the most grateful. Mm -hmm. You know, they are just like so excited. It's like a little bit of like a gateway drug to all the other things that I offer on the farm. Um, And they aren't the ones who buy it. So I really do encourage you. For me, that's something I'm focusing on this year is to grow it. We'll be like really um, honing in on that gifting type language with it.
1: Yeah. We see the same thing. It's the Mm -hmm. most of, I would say the large majority of ours is is a gift as well. And um, I, around Valentine's Day, because I used to do Valentine's Day flowers, I'm like, this is not what I do. I need to cut this out. So I was like, I need to focus on selling my subscriptions. Mm -hmm. And um, this year, the wording I was using was that it was our subscription, six weeks of flowers for the cost of a dozen roses on Valentine's Day. And it was like, because I'm like doing the math and people are talking about like how much 175 bucks for these like fancy dozens of those roses. And I'm like, you know, looking it up on flowers. I'm like, yeah, man, I can hook you up six weeks of flowers (laughs) right here. You know? um, And like, you're you're right too. They get that. It's a first opportunity or first chance they've ever had to experience our flowers or be with us. And then, um, you know, they get to come to the customer appreciation day and all the other products that come with it. And it's like, Yeah, absolutely. They're hooked and you're, you know, you get to kind of cultivate that relationship with them and they didn't really have any cost in it. And then they willingly will kind of convert Mm -hmm. to a repeat customer every year. So yeah, but that's hopefully that's helpful. I I, I do think your pickup spot is a great,
0: what you had mentioned about that. I get a lot of business from the other pickups.
1: Same. And I, we had a couple other spots that just weren't um it just it, they it wasn't the same feel as what we had. And we just reduced it just to the farm and then our West Virginia pickup location at um at a green a local greenhouse and it's worked great mm-hmm. for us. We it, were accommodating yeah. like lots of different areas of people being able to travel to get the flowers and they promote they promote our stuff as well too. So it has been very, very helpful. Yeah. So
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I thought I think that was good. I feel, I definitely feel like yeah. we can have some episodes to like deep dive into for, mm-hmm. for sure. But if you have questions about the CSA, we really do have a really good CSA episode that kind of really jumps into that topic. So I would encourage you to go look at that. Um, episode nine, Lindsay's holding up nine fingers. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome. <laughs> Team, I was trying to be sly. Uh, yeah, teamwork. I know. I know. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Um, so I, I really hope you all found value and it really means a lot when you guys put us in your earbuds each week. Um, you guys are like totally the sweetest though. I mean, I know, the messages yes. that we get. So many of the like
1: you guys I saying that we're it. your favorite podcast, you don't understand. I have I a favorite podcast that I pull up every week and I'm like so excited to listen to it. And the fact that you guys are saying that about our podcast is like, i it's so sweet. I would hug
0: you. It's really cool. It really is. It's just the sweetest. So I just really want to thank you guys for like all the positive feedback when you submit your questions for these spilled dirts. I mean, these are really for you and we want to speak to the things that you all are struggling with. You want to hear more about. So um, I really do encourage you if you head over to the Dirt on Flowers page on Instagram um, every Sunday, Lindsay, our social media maven does, um, puts up our spill the dirt question box. And we use those questions for these episodes, but it also, it truly like drives the topics that we're talking about on this show, since this is for you. So I really do encourage you hop over there, send us a message on Sunday, hop on, let us know what you're thinking, what you're struggling with. um, And we would really love to hear what those things are. So, okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you at the same time, same place next week.